Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 99%. My name is Jesse Vodracek, head coach at Top Step Training, and I've got Marilyn with me. Hey guys, good to be here. Marilyn Chicota. You can find everything with me at mcc.coach. Good to be here today. And we are joined by a special guest today. She is a rock star athlete and a great coach as well. We have Jennifer Volman with us. Say hello. Hey guys, excited to be here. Um, and tell us what races you have lined up this year and have completed this year. Um, so this year I did the Ironman World Championship at St. George. I just did the Extreme Starvation Triathlon, which is part of the X Tri series um, in Utah. And then I have Ironman World Championship number two, Kona coming up, and then the 70.3 World Championship after that. So just a small year of racing. Not, not a bad year. <laughs> not a and, bad year. And you have a coach. Only company. goes to world championships. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna pick one kind of race to only do, only doing worlds is uh, it's a pretty good, yeah. pretty good way to do it. And do you have a coaching company yourself? I do. So I run findingendurance.com. So I do triathlon coaching. I do mindset coaching as well. So I do that and just mindset and the combination of the two together. Awesome. Um, so we're basically here to tell your story and kind of through the lens of how Marilyn coached you to be able to be at the point where you're doing three or four world championships in a year. But before we get into that, I just thought I would tell a little story about how Jennifer and I first met where we had, I, I don't know, like eight hours of, of one-on-one time where we spent together. And um, I, I still have saddle sores from our first ride because we, you have a ride like so slow that there's just too much pressure on your saddle and your butt just starts to hurt. And we got to do that for like, like five hours. That was, and, and I think we changed like seven flats in a row or something. It was my first hundred mile ride. Oh, that was your first hundred mile ride. That was my first one. So it was oh, wow. the last day of, of the Tucson camp, the training camp. And it happened to be, I think it was 101 miles. And so you nice. got to enjoy my first century ride. And it took a very long time. I, I've kind of blocked it out. I just know we were out there for a long time. Oh, I remember um, being like, Jesse, I'm so sorry. Like, no, it's cool. I like easy spinning on Ajo. <laughs> going down the <laughs> highway. <laughs> totally fine. This is great. <laughs> But, but I mean, and that, to be fair, that was kind of a, a rough day for you. That was not a normal day. And, you know, to even go from that to, to where you are this year is a, uh, is a pretty big jump, which is, which is awesome. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is kind of how you're able to, to progress so quickly. And I guess from so far, because I'll let you guys tell a story, but I know that when Marilyn met you, you weren't exactly an endurance athlete. No, I was not. Uh, no, when I met Marilyn, so I, I actually didn't do any sports ever growing up ever. I'm not fast. I can't catch anything like no high school sports. And so I always like did fitness to stay in shape. And I had wandered myself into CrossFit and Marilyn at the time was doing, um, Olympic and powerlifting, and we were both doing it together. And I asked her to write me a swim program because I would always swim. And when I had gotten pregnant, I got back in the pool and I remember her asking me like, oh, what do you do now? And I was like, oh, 
I swim 60 minutes. And she's like, well, how do you break it up? I was like, well, I don't break it up. I just get in the pool and I swim 60 minutes. I know I see your face. And she was like, okay, well, <laughs> we could change that up a little bit. Um, and so that's when I first met Marilyn was us lifting together in a weightlifting room and, and asking her to, you know, to write a swim program for me. And um, then we kind of progressed from there as being friends. And I got more and more interested just with the idea of what triathlon can be. Cause I, um, I always ran and I liked the spin bike and that's, that was basically my like forte into the three sports words, spin biking, running and swimming 60 minutes straight in the pool. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to that when, you know, when I first, when I was at the, um, you know, it was called the woodshed, the weightlifting program that we were a part of. And every now and then I would jump into the CrossFit classes upstairs. And I remember really specifically, you know, everyone in that gym was quite close and, and, you know, knew each other and talked and stuff. And everyone would always say, Oh, Jennifer, you know, she runs, she'll like run to the gym. And then I would see her upstairs doing a CrossFit workout. And then she would come down to the woodshed and she would lift. And, and then she would talk about how she was doing a spin class later that day or the next day. And, and then she talked about her, you know, growing up trail running and all these things. And I was without her even knowing it, I was hearing all these little tidbits about how much she would do in a week and would be stacking one on top of the other. And even just her own mindset of her transportation, she would run to the gym. No other CrossFitter or lifter was running to the gym. <laughs> that. The, the lifters were bare. They were parking as close to the front doors as possible to the gym. They would take a break on the couch on the way down to the woodshed. And Jennifer was, you know, running there. She had done something earlier that day. And I was, I was picking up on all these little tidbits without, before she even ever asked me about, uh, you know, uh, her swimming, you know, she was interested in, okay, I'd like to swim a little bit more, but I had already been sort of eavesdropping on the outside. And on top of that, when I would lift with her in the program, I don't know, different sports and different cultures and communities have different, uh, they attract different types of personalities. And there would be a whole gym full of weightlifters, which if you've been in a gym full of weightlifters, it's pretty dynamic and there's a lot of explosive personalities and it's, it's fun. It's really animated. There's a lot, you know, they get really passionate, have to be get very aggressive at times and very passionate at times. And there's sometimes a lot of drama when lifts are missed and that kind of thing. And then there would be me and Jennifer probably both in like opposing corners from one another. And we'd both be real quiet, real steady and the same the whole time. And really barely a peep came out of her mouth. And I just watched Jennifer. She was strong, but she in her personality was just very balanced and very steady day after day after day and week after week. And I was like, hearing these tidbits, I was watching her and I was like, this is an endurance athlete stuck in a weightlifting gym and she doesn't even know it. And so really before she even ever came to me with that piece of paper, I remember it clear as day, I was sitting on the floor in the gym and she had this little written piece of paper and I, and uh, said, you know, we started talking about swimming. There was all of these things that I was noticing well and truly before that. And then just before I let, uh, you know, I know, I know I'm saying a lot of things here right off the bat, but the other thing that while I was watching this is there's, Funny little things coming from being a uh, horse trainer for so many years. And I used to uh, pick 
go and pick horses out of fields or off racetracks and look at their conformation to see if they would suit being a show jumping horse. Well, there's similar things in other athletics as well, even with people before someone says anything, you're watching their personality is that, you know, I would see Jennifer and she had really long femurs, right? And funny enough, like when she would stand around in her, these are weird things you notice as a coach, especially as a horse trainer, she had really long femurs. She had uh, small feet with good arches. She was never injured. You know, all of these little things that physically pretty long arms, uh, poor hip flexibility, which was killing her in weightlifting. But I was like, this is really going to be really great for her for endurance sport. So all these things that she was actually fighting and weightlifting that I was looking at her going, she's, she's designed to be a really good endurance athlete. And she doesn't even know it mentally, physically, um, just her daily habits were all set up already much differently than a weightlifter, even down to the way she talked about her nutrition and the way that she fueled and those kinds of things. She wasn't having a pizza with a whole bunch of hot dogs or anything like that. She was, you know, real particular about her food and these things. So, so that's a big ramble about things that I noticed before she even ever asked about, Hey, um, I, I swim 60 minutes. <laughs> like, welcome to my brain. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to my coach's brain. <laughs> A couple of like kind of nuts and bolts questions here. Do you know what year this was that you guys met? We, I think 2016 was my first, uh, the year that I first did tries. Okay. And did you I meet- did the, the, the December 2016 was my first one. Okay. So, you guys so we had met right? early, I think earlier that year, like January gotcha. or so. And then, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so when you were kind of like doing stuff for fitness, do you remember, I guess just for like uh, listeners, how much, how much you were doing? Like, it sounds like you're running a little bit, doing the occasional spin class. Like were you say like running to the gym, like three times a week, doing two spin classes and swimming, or do you have any idea like the frequency of that? Yeah, actually for hours. I mean, I did something every day, like for, for the majority of my life, I have exercised every day. Okay. Um, like I grew up trail running. I used to run a lot for or for work. I would travel. I would not run for two months. And then I would go run 10 miles in Boston. Cause I happened to be there with no problem. So like, I've always done that. Or like, if we would go and sightseeing, like nobody wanted to sightsee with me. Cause I do not stop. Like if you want to go see Paris for 12 hours, let's go. Like, I don't get tired. I keep going. Like I've always been that way. I just didn't know that was like a sport or like a way to apply it. It's just like, Oh, Jennifer's just crazy. She can just go all day. And so I've always like had those. And so for my fitness, I would do weights in the spin class, or I would do weights and spin before I would run two miles to CrossFit, do CrossFit lift, run two miles back in like hundred degree heat with no issue. Like, you know, or I would go out on trails and I would just go out for a two mile trail run with, or two hour trail run without training for it. So I've always, you know, in college, I would swim three miles every Saturday. I have no swim background at all. I taught myself how to swim three miles on Saturdays and like write my papers in my head. Um, so like I, I, what Marilyn picked up on was this, like, there's always been a piece inside me that was like, you're definitely an athlete, even though like nothing to me indicated that I was because none of the sports fit me growing up until Marilyn kind of like realized and put the pieces together. was I am an athlete. I'm like a really naturally built mentally and physically endurance athlete. I just didn't know it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So even though you were like actually training pretty seriously, since you were just like working on your fitness, you weren't, you weren't training as far as what you thought. 
Yeah, I just was, I was probably doing like, I don't know, seven, I mean, for most of my life, seven hours a week, of, at least of training, just to be fit and, you know, and to like, look good. I mean, that was like the main purpose of my training, but yeah. Awesome. Jennifer's okay. also super mentally tough. Didn't you PR your rack jerk and then go give birth to Azella that afternoon? It was, well, it was, it was, they were like, four, so they were, they were like five days apart. And then I would <laughs> hike Piestoa Peak, which is like a mile hike here with like some pretty serious elevation gain up until three days before I gave birth. Cause I couldn't run, but I could hike. And so I would, I would just go do that. Yeah. Not a lot gets me down. <laughs> and like, although swimmers don't measure swimming in miles, but that's okay. Um, three miles is like a long, it's a long I, swim. That, that, was, that was my, but I didn't know that. So for me, I would swim three miles. I would calculate, and I, cause I counted by laps. So I would have like, well, I would get this. It's like 99 laps in that pool. So I would like count up. I mean, it was great. I know, right? <laughs> I actually don't even know how many yards is, but in my head, I was like, I'm going to swim three miles. And that's however many laps that equated to in the pool. Awesome. All right. Um, so you came to Maryland to get some swim structure because you were just doing these crazy straight swims. And then yep. how'd you go from that conversation to becoming an, an endurance athlete? Um, well, okay. So I really liked in CrossFit was the first time, like everybody is treated as an athlete. And I, I was like, this is great. Like I'm an athlete and I would do like scaled versions of, of CrossFit competitions, um, which were really fun. And like, I liked the competitive piece of it, but it was very clear to me that like, I cannot be a competitive CrossFitter, but I've always run. I like spin biking. And now with Maryland, I started swimming like, maybe I could try a triathlon. Like maybe that's a better fit for me. And I didn't really know about triathlons until I met Marilyn and like, I knew a little bit about them. And so, you know, I said, we suggested I would do like a sprint triathlon and I did my first one. And I was like, that was amazing. That distance, like it hurt, like, you know, sprints really hurt. I still don't like sprints. Um, and so I was like, I love putting the three sports together, but like maybe, you know, this is my sport, but not my distance. And so then we suggest an Olympic and then, you know, you go to Olympic, like I'm never going to do an Ironman. That's crazy. And then you start to train, it becomes less crazy. And then all of a sudden it's like the next progression. So we kind of built up into the distances, but Marilyn was really good about kind of hand holding me slowly through that progression. So like I didn't do my first Ironman until 2018. Um, okay. after lots of Olympics and I think we did five 70.3s before I even built into an Ironman. And I did two that first year. Um, but they were, you know, tail ends of the season. And did did you like say, Hey, I want to do a triathlon or were you like, how, like that? Yeah. How did, how did you go from, did Maryland say like, Hey, I, I kind of know a little bit about triathlon. Have you ever thought about that? Like, how did you get to even just doing that first sprint? So I think, I think there was a bit of inception. This is what I think happened. <laughs> I, think just that, got in there. I think so. I think, I think I thought it was my idea. However, I don't think it actually was. So I think, I think there were just like little seeds planted along the way of like the swimming and talking about it and talking about spinning or talking about running that it kind of just over time, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is a really good idea. Um, but I think, I think it was inception. That's what I think. Yeah. From a, from a, you know, the, the meat and potatoes of the, the early on development stuff was, you know, I gave some people, I think where they make mistakes when they're faced with, oh, you see a beginner. And like I, I had said, I noticed she had all the right things uh, to make a great endurance athlete. And where a coach might go wrong is they'll see that and they'll 
throw everything at them and they'll say like, here's a sprint triathlon, here's training peaks, here's a time trial bike, here's a this, here's a that. And all we did is, and this was really, really on, this was absolutely on purpose. You know, at first, the very first thing we did is I didn't change anything about what Jennifer did in her week, except for, I said, all right, I'm going to write down on this piece of paper, these three swim workouts. And I want you to do this for the next three weeks. And then I want you to report to me at the end of the week, when you see me at the woodshed, what your times were for these two sessions. And I said, everything else, keep doing the same, keep doing your CrossFit workouts, keep doing your runs the same, keep doing, you know, your spin bike, that kind of thing. And um, just report back to me what these swim times are on these workouts, do this for the next three weeks. And it was literally written on a little piece of like a scratchy notebook that I'd ripped out of my weightlifting book. And she did that. She took that piece of paper and she came back with it just, and, and that was the other thing. I knew she had exactly the right mindset and attitude because she didn't question that whatsoever. She just kept doing what she did. And she, she did exactly that. And when I saw her swim times, I went, let's go up and swim. You know, and that was the one question I thought was if someone who has been doing all of these things, if they're looking at like they're, you know, swimming three minutes per hundred or something, we've got a long ways to go before this person's going to be able to tap into the talent that I saw. But when I saw her swim times for these, and I'd given her very uh, specific workouts that I knew I could see what her times would be over the three weeks. And I saw they were pretty good. I was like, okay, she can swim you know, so I was like, she can swim. She's been doing this stuff all along. And so then the next thing we did is I didn't, I, you know, I, I made sure she said, Oh, I've got, you know, I've got a bike. I've got this bike. It's got like flat pedals on it and clips and, you know, it's a road bike and stuff. And I said, perfect. You know, we didn't run out and go and buy a big fancy bike or anything like that. We didn't even put aero bars on it, anything like that. I was like, perfect. Just start doing one of your rides a week off the spin bike on that bike and get comfortable with like shifting and putting your feet in and out and stuff like that. And so the progressions um, from, you know, getting into that first triathlon weren't suddenly, oh, this person's going to be a triathlete. Let's throw every triathlon thing at her. It was, let's just take her for what she's doing and how she is right now and see if she likes doing this, you know? And really, it took a long time before we even ever went away from a piece of paper. I coached Jennifer off a written piece of paper. We graduated it from a swim three times a week, the three swims a week, to we added in a, a couple of bikes on there and a couple of runs. And we kept the weightlifting and the CrossFit. And we added a little bit more on that piece of paper here, repeat this for the next three weeks for probably a year. And when she finally, when I, she finally heard about training peaks and I graduated her actually onto training peak, she was all pissed off at me. She was like, why didn't you tell me this before? Cause she's really, really tech savvy and really data driven. Well, and that and piece of paper had seen better days by the time we were. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, why have you been coaching me off this piece of paper for like a year? And it was, you know, it was on purpose. You know, I really didn't want it took, it took until she did her first 70.3 that we even put clip on aero bars on her road bike. And she did her first 70.3 on a road bike with clip ons. Uh, it took the full year to graduate onto training peaks. It took a year and a half before we even contemplated a time trial bike. And I think a whole nother year before we even went from heart rate to power. Uh, there was really specific things. Um, I never mentioned to her at all that I thought she had talent in the sport. I always asked her, did you have fun? Do you like doing this? 
And that was really, really on purpose as well. And my partner at the time always asked me, like, have you told her that she can be pretty good at this? And I said, no, absolutely not because I don't want her to fall in love with the fact that she could be good at something. I want to know if she loves to swim, bike, and run. And when she, I know she loves to swim, bike, and run, and she likes putting it together and enjoys going to the races, then we can talk about like achievements and results and where this could go and those kinds of things. But ultimately I wanted to really cultivate the foundation and, and the simple things. One of the very first things that I did think was important was making sure she had a good bike fit. So she wasn't going to get injured. I want to make sure she wasn't going to get injured. I want to make sure she wasn't overwhelmed with technology or too much noise in her head. And I wanted to make sure that she loved the sport and she loved simply swim, bike and run. And those were really, really important to me in that whole first two years before we ever did anything that was more technical or, or, or bigger. And um, yeah, from, from my shoes, all of that was going on. I'm not sure if at the time Jennifer ever knew any of that stuff. I mean, Matt slipped a little something to me here and there, but besides that, <laughs> <laughs> I like, might be kind of good at this, <laughs> but I think, I think one thing is because I was in the CrossFit community and not in any other tri community, like I didn't know what I didn't know. So like, I didn't know power. Like I didn't know that was a thing. And it was a real blessing because I see, I coach a lot of new athletes and they immediately want to do power and all this stuff because everybody else has it and they think it's important. So I think one of the benefits I had is I didn't know anybody else doing triathlons. And so I could just like, I didn't know anything. And so it helped not kind of second guess things. And I think because of the way Marilyn progressed me, I race a lot by feel and I'm, I'm really dialed into feel and it serves me really well. And I think that a lot of people have a difficult time with that because they start on numbers and just don't know what, what it feels like to race and certain efforts and what that's like. And I think the way Marilyn did it, I just like innately developed that. Um, and that I think has been a huge reason why I've been really successful. And especially when it comes to hard races is I can rely on that versus always only having numbers as a crutch. Awesome. That was well said. Um, when, when in this process, or I guess, did you decide that, or did you think that like, you were going to be kind of in it for the long haul? I think that first sprint, like I did the, okay. I did the sprint and I was like, yes, not this distance, but like, yes to the sport. I just okay. really, I really, yeah, I, I really liked, and I liked the, I think the biggest thing is I liked the training. Like actually I knew going into the race, I liked it. I just like, had never raced. I've never been in a race before ever. That was my first race ever. And so like, when I realized that I liked the race, then I was like, okay you know, I really like this. Yeah. And the, you know, the training load was extremely, extremely progressive, um, slowly, the same kind of thing. It was just, Jennifer was really, really willing to just do, it was like a dream situation. Here was someone who had no idea, like she said, but she was also willing to do exactly what I told her. And she didn't ever question anything and anything that I did tell her that she didn't know for sure she had lots of uh, self-motivation to find out, you know, 
good answers and the right answers from the right people. And if there's something seemed out of line to her, she would bring it to me and ask me. And when I, when I would tell her something, she would trust me and believe me and she would just stick to the plan. And so that was like a dream situation, right? So you're, you're given as a coach, the full opportunity of someone following exactly what you're telling them and then having the patience just to see it through and the absolute trust to do what you're telling them to do. And that's like, you you really don't get any better than that. You know, like that's, you're able to, take your time and develop someone the right way when they have that kind of attitude and patience. And she's just tough as nails too, right? Like she, she's able to had a full understanding, like, okay. And a love for the work that it takes to, to do the sport well. And there was never, um, you know, pushback for that. It was just, yeah, I, I, this is the work it's going to take. And I really love doing it. And that was, that was cool. And, you know, even with camps, the first camp I took her to was a more of a beginner type camp, um, got to meet some people. And then we waited before it was time to come to the Tucson camp. So it was an exciting thing, but I made sure she was ready for that kind of load and that kind of being able to, that was her first hundred mile ride, even though we'd done lots of like nineties and things like that, but, um, hundred mile ride at the end of a, you know, 35 hour week. So and even the very first group ride we ever did where she wasn't going to ride by herself. I brought her down to Tucson and I didn't just throw her out into a group ride with a bunch of people who don't know how to group ride. I took her with six people who were all probably some of the best group riders that you could possibly be surrounded by. And it was an extremely safe environment with very skilled road cyclists, but she was forced into the fire right away, like rolling turns, holding wheels at really high heart rate, but with, but being surrounded visually by exactly what it's supposed to look like. So she was only exposed to what good group riding looked like in a small group. So she was very put in a very high stress situation right away, very close on the wheel and having to roll turns and all of that. But it was with really, really good people. So she never even visually got a chance to see what it looked like to ride with bad bad group riders. Like that wasn't, that wasn't going to be the foundation. I wasn't going to be like, go on this group ride with 30 triathletes who don't have never ridden in groups and they're all over the road, like popcorn weaving all over the place and stuff like that. Wasn't going to be our first introduction to group riding needed to be with, she was essentially with pro riders and there were six of us and it was going to be a high stress environment, but it was going to visually be exactly the right way to do it. So these things were um, really important to me with her development. And you did the same thing with, uh, with climbing. So we went to South mountain here and Marilyn rode next to me and taught me how to climb up the mountain and how to descend right and back with me, break, don't break, turn in. Like, so I didn't develop a lot of bad habits, um, quickly because I had Marilyn with me, you know, most of the way I think that, that, and I think that's helped a lot. Um, I think a lot of people get stuck up in that, right. They develop bad habits or cause I have zero athletic background in any of the three sports. Um, you know, there, there was a lot, it was almost, you know, starting from scratch and I was you know, ready to hear it. Cause I fell in love with the sport. So whatever Marilyn said I was going to do, because I love the sport. And so it's going to make me better. So I, and I trust Marilyn. And that's the one thing is I trust, I always trust her. She's my number one source. Um, and still is as a coach and as a mentor coach and all that, I still trust her. Cause I think she's, you know, she knows what she's talking about. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, Thanks. I, so I guess one of the things you're kind of talking about is that there wasn't a lot of like noise around you. And I think that's what we deal with a lot is athletes who are kind of surrounded by they they've read some books or they've read a lot of online articles and they have 
kind of these preconceived notions and they, they maybe know more than they should about the sport before they start. Mm -hmm. And, and you were kind of lucky enough to not be surrounded by all that. And so that, that kind of allowed your progression to be nice and slow and, and not, not you trying to jump to step 38. I think there's that. And I think I'm just, I think I'm, I think this is why I think endurance, this is true of endurance athletes who are really good is that they're just really patient people by default. Like if you want to be good at endurance sport, it's not going to happen in a season. It's going to happen season after season after season. And that's really what Marilyn instilled that like each year has its own progression, but then over many years, you have a progression of an athlete. And so I understood early on that, like, it's going to take many years of a progression. And so I can try things here and there, but it's not going to be the one like power is not all of a sudden going to make me a better cyclist, you know, which I think is where people get caught up in like with the noise. If I just do this one thing, I can skip ahead five years of my athletic development. Sorry. It doesn't work that way. If I just find this one nutrition, it's going to solve all of my issues going forward. And so that's not how I, as a person operate. And that's not how I approached triathlons to begin with. And then I had a coach that we, she and I could work together to do that. And so I think that has been the key. It was, it was a noise. And then also just not diving into the noise and believing it. Right. And Marilyn, you kind of, you mentioned like progressing the right way. And I'm curious if you can kind of dive into like what the process was, which you were kind of guiding Jennifer through over the years. Like, was it, you know, a, an overall kind of volume cap or like, or I guess what were, what is that right way that, that you were kind of taking her through? Yeah. I mean, so at first it was just slowly progressing her to evolve into being more and more like a triathlete, you know, the very, very basics. Like I said, at the very beginning, I kept a lot of what she already did and didn't change a whole lot. So those small changes happened over time and, and it took, you know, it took a long time before we, we, her weekly life looked like a triathlete and no longer, you know, any weightlifting or CrossFit and that kind of thing. And those are conversations that we had to have as far as how important that was to her and how much her love for that was. And, and it was something I let her decide, like, I would ask, are you okay if we don't lift weights anymore? And she'd be like, oh yeah, I'm ready for it. You know, like I'm good. Um, she, and so some of those things she through time, at first, it was just about evolving her into what looks like a triathlete um, and her schedule around being a triathlete. And then over time, it was, yeah, I mean, first, you know, just being able to back up progressively week after week, uh, the endurance base that it takes to do this sport, of course, some structure and development within in those sessions, whether it was sport specific type strength or neuromuscular turnover, a little bit of speed here and there, but we didn't focus too much on intensity or making it really, really hard before we were just able to cover a huge endurance base and be able to complete, you know, complete the events successfully, complete the distances successfully, have good strength, have good skills, um, you know, Jennifer's a real badass descender and it's because she never got freaked out and scared from descending poorly. She had the skills, she learned them right away, the right way. And so her bike always felt stable. It always felt fast and she got faster and faster, um, understanding how to time trial well, all of those things. So the foundation in the early years was about evolving her into what a triathlete schedule and lifestyle looks like. And if she, and then just backing that up over and over again with those, those basics being developed 
first. And eventually, you know, by year three, we had all the things. We had training peaks, we had a TT bike, we had power, we had, you know, a triathlon schedule, you know, we were going to races, all of those things. And so that's when the point came where, you know, then, yeah, again, you know, sessions became more specific as far as, you know, uh, let's look at increasing her speed now. We need to work on her run form and her turnover, um, you know giving her the threshold that she needs to be a good cyclist. We um, introduced some bike racing and what it meant to really suffer on the bike and, and learn how to, we did a, a winter of that where it was like, okay, now we're going to lift your VO2. First, we're going to lift your VO2 and your threshold on the bike and be able to really suffer on the bike before we even ever worry about doing that on the run. That was like the next year, you know? Um, so it's been in stages for sure. Yeah. I think in my head, the, like, I remember having my first, it feels like my first really hard stuff was right before the build to my first 70.3 it was the first time where I'd be like, Oh, all right. That was a really hard day. Like that was a hard ride. And that was, that's in my head. I remember, I remember telling um, people, if you can survive Maryland's training, you can survive anything, which is hilarious. Now it was probably like a 13 hour week. And I was like, this is crazy. And this, you know, now you can think about where it is now, but at the time that was really, it was a lot and it was intense. Um, but I think that was the first time we really got to that point. I do remember one time Jennifer came to me and goes, um, she goes, so I've read a couple articles here and there, and this, the training I do doesn't seem very beginner-like <laughs> <laughs> or like anything I've read before. And I was like, yeah, no, it's definitely not. <laughs> and so out of curiosity, what did, do you know kind of offhand what your bigger weeks were getting ready for um, Ironman worlds, or I guess in, in your Ironman builds. Yeah. Ironman builds. I think we're usually up 22, 23, um, going into it. Um, especially if I have lots of time to ride outside, then it'll be, it'll be a little bit hours, it'll be heavier hours. And, um, yeah. And I've, and now I think, you know, having, having trained so much with Marilyn, I also see what it's like to suffer on a bike successfully and to be around better athletes than me that really put themselves there and dig deep. Like I think, and that's part of it too. And the trust process is she has programmed things for me where I'm like, she's out of her mind. Like that is in a crazy number. And sometimes I don't hit them, but a lot of times I hit it and I'm like, Oh my God, I had no idea I can do that. And it's the trusting her. Like it's in those moments of like, do I really want to start out at a 750 pace or do I think Maryland's on crack and I'm actually going to start at 810 and then maybe if I feel good, I'll chip down. It's always go out the 750 pace and let's see if Maryland's right. Like it's having that, like that trust. And that, I think if you, when you do that, you know, 15 times a year or 15 times lean into a key race, it does make a difference on race day. Like it does elevate your threshold where it's supposed to be. If you have trust in your coach and if you have trust that like, okay, this is a hard session, this is a hard ride. I'm smart enough and fit enough to get through it. And yeah, it might hurt a lot, but like, I'm not going to fail. I, she, I trust her enough to know that she's not putting me out there to fail. And I think that that's um, a big piece to the intensity, especially as you get into those like bills to Ironman and to worlds where she's really pushing you hard is that underlying level of trust to have in her initially when you're first becoming an athlete, but then eventually you can, then you, you get that yourself. So eventually I had to have in her first, cause I didn't know what I was capable of. And now that I do know I have it in myself too, and become even a stronger partnership in what that looks like for development. Very cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, looking back, is there anything Marilyn you would have done differently or Jennifer, anything you wish she would have done differently? 
Yeah, I, I would say, if, I, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like, you know, at this point, I think there isn't anything I can look through and say, man, I wish we had done, done that just a little bit different um, to this point you know, maybe have the same conversation 10 years from now, I'm sure we'll pick out a few things because our development will get deeper and deeper and more and more towards that pointy end. And there'll be a few things here or there, but, you know, for, for where we're at in our development, I, I, I really wouldn't change anything. And, and the other part of it that I really love is that we've continued to nurture her, her love for adventure and, um, and love for endurance like sport in general, as far as we never take away, you know, if Jennifer comes to me and says, I want to go and do, you know, this ride, and it looks like a really great piece of it. Now, I think we're, we're in a place too, where there's some conversation too, right? Like she'll say, Hey, I'm looking at wanting to do this number of runs, or I want to go do the grand Canyon, or I want to go do this epic adventure ride with this group of people. And usually I know all of those people I've ridden with most of them, that kind of thing. So I know the level of intensity and, and we include it in it. And so, you know, I think to, to answer your question at this point, there isn't anything specific that I would say, man, I wish we'd done that differently. Um, but yeah, maybe 10 years from now, there might be like a little thing we say, oh man, we fucked that year up, but, <laughs> but you know, um, hopefully not too many of those. That's the, that's the, we'll, we'll keep, we'd like to keep it on the same path if we can. Maybe Jennifer feels differently though. There might be things that she sees from her shoes. No, I mean, it's hard to complain when you, right. When you have a whole race season of just world championships, <laughs> you know, and I think, I think the thing that I'm, I always, to me is. I get excited. Like, I'm always like, wow, I can't believe I can do that is like, I wasn't doing anything six years ago, you know, like I wasn't doing anything, any of that. Um, and I never thought was possible to the point, you know, the other thing I do is I run a, a cycling travel company in Costa Rica and we do these five day, like crazy rides in Costa Rica. And the fact that I couldn't even ride a bike six years ago, and now I'm with really skilled, phenomenal cyclists up really hard roads. And it's all because of this like slow progression that Marilyn and I went through, um, it's hard to, hard to have any regrets when that's what you're looking at. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw you had uh Lewis Elliott down there last time. Yeah. He comes with us. That's cool. Uh, right. With him. We have a couple, we have a great couple of pros, Costa Rican pros that ride with us too, who are like mountain goats. They're amazing. <laughs> and I finally <laughs> get to go. Yay. I know. Marilyn gets nice. to go too. When I got really <laughs> sick on Saturday, I was like, Jesus Christ, am I going to have like the worst luck in the world and be sick and not be able to, but I'm okay. <laughs> okay, I get to go. <laughs> nice. All right. Good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, this is a little bit of a, of a side question, but you just did a pretty cool race and you mentioned it, but can you tell me a little bit about what, what um, I guess, how you decided to do this race and then tell us all a little bit about the race? Okay. So it was the Starvation Extreme Triathlon, uh, which is part of the X-Tri series, which is, you know, like Ironman, but a different brand. They do extreme versions of triathlon, not so much in like the distance, but in like what happens in the swim, bike and run to make it extreme. So this race was in Utah. The swim was in the dark. And then the ride was hundred miles, but 10,000 feet of climbing of which 45, 4,500 thousand feet, sorry. 4,500 feet of that were in the last nine miles. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, like, I remember I got to mile 85 and I was like, huh, 
I'm at 5,000 feet of climbing. There's like 10,000 feet climbing in this race. Like this is not gonna, this is not gonna go well. Um, and then the run was 26 miles, but on trails around the Solitude Ski Resort. And so it was 10, uh, 6,000 feet of climbing total within the run. Um, yeah, it was a big day. I, I remember I think after the race, like they're very upfront with how difficult the course was. I just didn't believe it was going to be that hard. And I was like, wow, they were really accurate in their description. <laughs> <laughs> they were really right. This is really hard. Um, and I decided to do it because I love trails. I run a lot in trails. I, I love them. And so, um, I, we always have trail running as a part of all my builds to Ironman. Like I'm always on trails at some point. And so to me, it, it seemed like a play to all my strength, like a swim fine. And then I love climbing my bike. I go to Costa Rica. Most of our, our rides in Costa Rica are six to 10,000 feet of climbing. I climb lots of 20% grades, like seems like it would fit my real house. And I love trail running. Um, and it did, I was right on all those things. What I didn't anticipate was like the level of mental strength it took to race one 17 hours is a really long race. That's how long it took. Um, and just how, like how incredibly hard it is to put all those extreme pieces together in like a day, um, and have everything like go well, but that was the race. And I, I won it. It was my first like really big win of like a race the overall female win. I was sixth overall. Um, and I had to pull out a really fast 5k at the end. Cause a woman was catching me. And like the fact that I was able to dig that deep was like a whole new level of what I was able to do that I, that I didn't realize it. So because of that, I got qualified to the X-Try world championship, which is the Norseman try uh, in 2023, which has been like a dream race of mine since I ever learned about triathlons and like was looking for things to watch in the trainer and like saw the documentary. I was like, what crazy thing is this? This is absurd. Um, so the fact that I get to go and do it is pretty wild. Um, well, first, congrats. That's awesome uh, on your win and on getting to go to Norseman. Um, and I guess just for context, you said that race is about 17 hours. Uh, what's like your kind of Ironman time if you're going to do like Ironman Arizona or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Ironman Arizona is like, is like 10.45. And this okay. was, it was actually 17 hours and 14 minutes, I think. So you're looking at like five and a half hours longer on course. <laughs> I remember like my stomach shut down at like hour 14. I was like, oh, so I guess now I know what happens when I race 14 hours. Like there are so many unknowns because I just had never done anything for that long. It was lots of like, oh, that's interesting. Good to know. File that in the back of my mind for some other race I'll probably do. Yeah. I hope those are lessons I never have to learn. <laughs> I, I don't think I want to know what happens at hour 14, well, but you, I also, can, you can find that out. I also now know what it's like to ride a tri bike with a 20 in the back up an 18% grade. I got to tell you, it's not very easy to do. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if you got a bike swap at mile 85 or you just kind of had to. <laughs> no, I just serpentined. The guy in front of me would get off and walk every single pitch on oh, the way gosh. up. Which, oh. Yeah. 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 The paper boy is a good strategy. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and do you feel like that's, uh, I mean, it sounds like you're in a really good place mentally. Do you feel like that, that puts you in a good place for your, um, world championships you have coming up this fall? Yeah, I think it, it totally like blew apart what I think a hard race is. Um, and, and they are of course like different, like going fast for 146 point miles and Kona is different than like this, like more endurance based piece of it. But the level of suffering was like so much more than I had ever experienced any other thing I've ever done before. Um, and I was not ever close to being like, I'm done or I don't want to do this. Like it sucked and it was hard, but I was just like, oh, I'm in it. 
I'm in it and we are finishing it. I'm going to win. Like that is what's happening. I don't care what it takes. Like that is what's happening. And so I think like looking at Kona now, I have way less, I'm, I'm not anxious. I'm not like concerned. I'm not afraid of it being a hard race. Like, oh, Kona's hard. I was like, I'm sure it's hard, but like, I don't think you understand how hard this race was. Um, and so it's kind of really expanded what I think is possible. So now it's, I'm approaching Kona, like how fast can I go? Like if I can suffer this, <laughs> much, I can probably suffer more than I think I can in Ironman. I wonder what that looks like at Kona. Um, and that's a fun way. It's almost like there's no fear of Kona. It's just like, let's just go have a lot of fun and see what happens. And so I think that's, I'm excited to see what happens when I approach a race that way versus, you know, you always have a bit of hesitation before I think an Ironman, cause they all hurt. I just, I think now I have a lot less because my level of pain that I can tolerate is like much higher than, uh, than I thought it was. And Marilyn can attest to what I look like after that race <laughs> to what that, <laughs> and what I was like a mile 16 on the run of that. Yeah. You're really, you're really selling this race. Uh, <laughs> right, we're ready to go sign up. We didn't even talk about the mosquitoes. That's a whole other subject. <laughs> so actually, the race they actually looked pretty good to be totally honest at mile 16. They, we had a feed, uh, aid station and, um, she, she actually looked pretty, pretty well put together compared to the other people that came to that. That was the one spot the crew could look after their athlete on the run. And, you know, I saw one of the guy that was in second at the time come into that, that point and have to shut it down. And he had to pull out of the race because he had started vomiting up his own bile because his stomach had just shut down. And, um, you know, Jennifer actually looked pretty good and she was just the, the same as, like I say, she was in the woodshed lifting weights, just steady and putting one foot in front of the other, completely the same personality, same mindset, same. The only thing was after she was getting carried away, um, getting comfortable for a little while with the snacks and just hanging out and looked pretty comfortable and got started to get pretty chatty. And I looked at her, I said, you got about three minutes and then you got to get going. Um, and, and that was the only time I've ever seen her look kind of sad for a second. She, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, she was like, okay. And then, you know, in true Jennifer fashion, just, you know, put her, put her nose to the grindstone and way she went. So, um, so really cool stuff. And even, you know, it was phenomenal. We talk about, I talked about like knowing when someone is built to do something, you know, Jennifer is one of, also one of those uh, special body types that she's extremely strong for an endurance athlete. If you do put her in a weight room, she can lift pretty good weight, but she doesn't gain a lot of size when she lifts weight. So she's a very tiny person, but she's pretty strong. And there's a testament of that with the trail running and the ability to handle that kind of distance, because the next day I was more sore than she was. I mean, I was trying to get up and down the rocks. I was all like sore from crewing all day. And she was like hopping around like she hadn't done anything the day before. So, you know, there is things when someone's really designed to do something, um, how, you know, even, even her feet and chafing and blisters a little bit, but I mean, in really, really pretty good shape. So, so those things really matter when it comes to extreme events like this. And it sounds like there is uh, some good mental barriers broken through there, which, which sounds like it'll set you up really well for any hard racing you have coming up. Yeah. I think I told Marilyn, well, if I can do this, like I literally could do anything physically. I mean, like in the, in, in athletics, but like in life, like it's, it really was a, 
it was a day. It was, yeah, it was, it's like, you know, giving birth to it all kind of blends together. And it's like, uh, you know, you kind of lose yourself in that. You just know that it was, it was a really like monumental experience that you, that you got through. I'd be awesome. interested to hear Jesse from an outside perspective, you know, you've known, um, you know, like you say, you met, been sort of like an outside observer observer of the whole process for a little while now and also you know knowing both of us is there anything from an outside view that you would if you had an athlete the exact same situations that you would add do differently change um anything you know it's a, it's because we're both in it and then you have this outside lens. Is there things that um, you might suggest from an outside perspective? I mean, that's that's a tough one because I I get to see my view is kind of so zoomed out that I don't I don't really get to see a ton of like the nuts and bolts. Um, but and like you know, I, I got to meet Jennifer, and then I've had the pleasure of watching her race a couple of times, sharing a few race courses, um, and seeing her go pretty fast, especially from when I first met her and that's been really cool. And so, yeah, it's been kind of exciting to watch, watch her progress from, from afar. But I think, I mean, honestly, I think you guys are in a pretty unique situation because I just, I personally haven't got the chance to work with an athlete who hasn't read too much for their own good when they started. And I think that's a really cool position to have been in and and to not get, I, I feel like I, I don't want to call it pushback, but I get a lot of questions about like, Hey, you know, I read this article. Why aren't we doing this? Or, you know, I, these people are doing this and like, why aren't we doing lactate testing and like just all these things. And, and, um, and to be able to not have those questions. And I think those questions are fine, I guess, but to, to just be able to say, Hey, like, when we get to it, we'll get to it or whatever it is, is, is a really like, again, it's a really, really unique path they've gotten gotten to take and and yeah i i've never i've never been in that situation and so I, I just i think that's cool and i think yeah one of the one of the biggest problems like even i had developing as an athlete or that i have i see a lot of athletes have is you were talking about rpe and and not not having that like having having your whoop score and having your heart rate and having all these other things that are kind of guiding how how you perceive how you feel and kind of losing touch with how you actually feel. And so, yeah, to, to be able to learn that it's like, it's almost like you got a chance to coach in like 1985 and, um, and, and yeah, that's cool. And so, yeah, it's, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing that I, I see where I'd be like, Hey, I would have done that differently because that's, um, yeah, it's just such a, a cool situation. And, and again, like, you know, I'm sure there might be like some tweaks where I'd say, Hey, maybe I would have, swam four times a week instead of three or something little, but, but I think, um, but I think overall, yeah, it's been, it's been cool to watch kind of from afar you progress and, and like now to see you progressing as a coach is super cool to watch you kind of progress all the way from like progressing up through the ranks physically, but also progressing through the ranks kind of mentally in, in the tools that you have and now adding in the tool of like being now able to coach athletes and I guess one thing Marilyn and I talked a little bit about, but um, is that you are kind of basically coaching beginner athletes, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And I coach, I coach them actually just how Marilyn coached me. I mean, I, I use training peaks because I, I really like technology <laughs> not like not paper. So you're not like but, sending them uh, a I'm letter not, in the mail. Not, with... like, I'm not like mailing them pieces of paper in <laughs> their program, but I coach and I get the same thing where what about this? And like, I'll have a dialogue, but I don't deviate from that style of coaching. Um, and I've had athletes leave me because they're upset that I don't have them do FTP tests the first time they ever own a power meter and a bike. Like they're just like, I just started cycling. Can we do an FTP test? And I'll say, no, we're not like, that's not how we're going to do it. So I'm really firm. Cause it really, I think, because I, it worked so well for me and mm -hmm. that's how I was developed that, that that's how I, and I do progress my athletes, like the further the lawn, then we add things and we add numbers and we add those things, but I'm really firm in the beginning. Cause I do think that I mean, I, my road bike, I have no data on it at all. It's actually Marilyn's old road bike that I use because I like having a bike where it's just me and the bike. Like I like the purity of that. And so I think what has been instilled is a pure, I like running without watches on trails. Like that was allowed in my progression. And I think that is missed. I think a lot of times that's the missing pieces and people leave the sport because they're missing those pieces that they're missing those fun pieces, those adventure pieces. They're like the like joy of just being on a bike by yourself in the desert pieces. And the way that we progressed, I had that built in. And that's what I try to do with my athletes is build those pieces in. Cause I want them to be in it for the long haul. Cause I, I love triathlon because I love what it's done to me physically, but it's completely transformed me as a person in my life. And that's why I became a triathlon coach because I can see the power that the sport has in people, how it changes them to the very like essence of who they are. And so as coaches, I think our job is to like help guide them on this journey to find themselves in this and to leave space for them to develop that. Cause that's exactly what Marilyn did with me. And so, you know, that's how I coach too, is like a really broad level of the core, but I, I think it makes a difference. And I think how we take new triathletes through this process of a very complicated sport it is complicated. Three different sports all together, all the gadgets and the gear and the tech and the, 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 how we guide them through that and hold their hands can really change their trajectory as an athlete, but as a person too. No pressure on coaches out there. <laughs> but honestly, you know, like I, to, to give it full credit, we had Scott Molina on as a guest on one of our previous episodes, and that's how I was raised in the sport. So it's like being passed down. You know, he did. He gave me those same gifts. And um, I always he always made it fun and he always made it like the, the love for the sport. And he was very serious about my goals. I mean, he said right on that podcast, he sat me down, had a conversation and said, you know, this is what you want to do as a professional. This is what it's going to take. And I was willing to do whatever it took. But I can tell you it was the most fun I ever had in all of my life th through those years and the adventure and the experiences and the, you know, same thing. Like we had some, some laughs on that podcast about some of the things I went through that he's like, this is pretty hard. She's going to remember this for her life, you know? Um, and so this has been passed on by, by legends. If you, if you let it happen, you know, if you let it happen. And, and like you were saying, Jesse, it's, we're not often given the opportunity anymore to allow those kinds of things to happen. And of course, incorporating the right the right amount of data and the right amount of seriousness and the right amount of structure at the right times for certain goals. But then also just the, um, you know, you got to like to train a lot if you want to do this sport and you got to love it. And that was a problem I saw develop. I mean, I, we've all been in this, well, Jesse and I, we've been in this sport for a long time now. I was just thinking the other day is like almost 20, 23, 24 years for me now. Um, so one of the things I noticed 
probably like eight years ago is that people were getting into the sport and then leaving. They were like one-time ponies, right? They just sign up and do an Ironman leave and they weren't loving the sport anymore. They weren't fans of the sport. And, and that part, I made sure I promised to myself as a coach to pass that on from how I was taught, you know, from, from the, from the legends of, you know, Scott Molina, Aaron Baker, Dave Scott, these great people, Cameron Brown, Joe Lawn that I got to train with. And they taught me so much and I had so much fun and so much love and passion for the sport. And so to keep passing that on, and now Jennifer gets to pass that on to the people that she, she works with. And so I think, like you said, Jennifer, that's our our duty as, as coaches is not just to teach people about numbers and make them faster and stronger. Yes, that's part of it, but pass that, that those, those torches along. That was awesome. Um, I got to race with Cam Brown. I was like, I was like, do I stop mid race and ask him for his autograph or just maybe just wait till after? I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) He's pretty cool. Yeah. I still have a running singlet from 2003 that he signed for me that said, live your dreams, Cam, (laughs) way back in New Zealand. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, Well, we've almost hit the hour mark, so I'm going to cut you guys off pretty soon here. Um, But I, Jennifer, I thank you for coming on. I think there was a lot of great information. Um, Do you have anything you want to add before I cut you off? (laughs) Last chance. Um, no, I mean, I think, I think the, um, yeah, I mean, I think triathlon, you know, has been a, a pivotal part of my, in my life. And I think the most important part for me is that it, it doesn't have to have started at a young age. And a lot of these people coming in triathlon, like, you know, there's a lot of people coming in their forties, fifties, and sixties, and they can still have the best athletic performances of their life. And I think that's exciting. And triathlon gives us all that space to develop, like, you know, into a, a new and exciting person. And it's, uh, I'm thankful to Maryland to have found me in the weightlifting gym and was like, mm, I think you're in the wrong sport. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for kind of sharing your journey together and, you know, we can have you on in another 10 years and we can uh, find some mistakes then and then see how, see how it's gone. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Thanks so much guys. This was really fun. Hopefully people get some good things from it.